Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh yeah. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to Talk Money, where we talk about everything financial. Today's program, health care and the Affordable Care Act and knowing how to manage the best plan is a tough issue for many people we talk to. Small businesses, families, whatever. It's just reality. It's complicated. And just recently, President Trump signed an executive order pertaining to association plans. And we're going to find out what it means and how does it affect you if you are a small business or if you are self-employed. Also, what are some of the changes with the Affordable Care Act? Our expert from health insurance, Shannon Dyson, is here to help us understand this new rule and what do we need to do to prepare for what's coming. Also, in the second half of the program, we've got um, Chris Abair. Have you ever thought about what are you doing to try to achieve your financial dreams and goals? Well, Chris is going to help us by going through several ideas on how to stay financially focused, ways to prevent that uh, big financial disaster that may be coming, just knowing how to set habits that can lead to success. You'll want to grab a pen and a piece of paper and take some very good notes. Chris will be able to help us with that. For my Did You Know files, our research shows that the S&P 500 is closed at its calendar year high. You ready for this? In the second half of the year. So we're coming up on the second half. That is in the literally 74% of the time since 1950. It's been uh, just, it's just the second half has always been the best. Uh, it's 15 of the last 25 years. The index has been, the whole idea is that it closes high in the second half. But guess which month is the best month? It's December. So you kind of want to keep that in mind. You know, we talk a lot about Social Security because you ask a lot of questions. Social Security trustees and administration has recently published an interesting fact, and I think it's very interesting. For the last 35 years, the total income of our nation's Social Security program has exceeded, the income has exceeded the total cost of the program, and that streak is about to end. It says it's going to be over and done with 2018 as far as the amount of money we take in, and the amount of money we pay out. I find this interesting. The population of the United States has doubled since 1950, while the number of Americans at at least 65 has quadrupled since that same 1950. Baby boomers, they continue to still have that impact on our demographics. Finally, this is dealing with the Shoemaker household. From the, from the Commerce Department, retail sales, that's consumer sales, tracked monthly in the United States, exceeded $500 billion for the first time in May of 2018. It was $502 billion. That's with a B. That's equal to $4,184 for every household in the country in the month of May. Now, the Shoemaker family, I guarantee you, did their share of that's purchasing groceries, prescription drugs, appliances, furniture, gasoline, clothes, dining out. I hope my wife is listening. We did our share of that. I know that I'm sure you did too. Americans bought $2.4 trillion of imported goods in 2017, and 22% of that came from China, and it was cell phones, computers, and TVs. 
I wonder what the trade war is going to do about that. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to, of course, Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. To find today's program on the podcast or past programs, just go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Coming up, Shannon Dyson Association and some Association Health Plants and some changes with the Affordable Care Act. Chris Abair, how to achieve your financial dreams and goals. You don't want to miss it. Grab a piece of paper and a pen. You'll want to take notes. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990, FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Chris Hebert are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've got Shannon Dyson who's going to start the program out with us today because the Affordable Care Act continues to, I guess, move through this my, you know major reworking and uh, massive change and all the problems and so many questions about what's going on in health insurance. And recently, President Trump has signed, a, in the last six months, an associational, he signed an executive order about associational health plans, and it's just now beginning to uh, get guests, uh, Shannon, have come to fruition. So I want to, you know, introduce you, of course, Shannon Dyson, the Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions at uh, at the office and does a phenomenal job. He's our expert. And Shannon, there's so many changes going on. And it is, I mean, honestly, it is becoming almost like um, you got to have somebody who does, like you, who does nothing but this 24-7. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks thanks again for having me back on the show. Uh, Yeah, there's there's a lot of new things going on. It it kind of seemed like the Affordable Care Act had kind of been asleep. For the last several years, yeah. um, there's been not not a whole lot in the news about it. Um, President Trump changed that uh, really during his uh, when he's running for president, talking a lot about re- repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. Um, that never really came to fruition, and so now what seems like is happening uh, is bit by bit they're taking pieces of it away, uh, and that that will have ripple effects to small business owners for so, sure. So let's talk about what's he signed this executive order, I think last fall, yep. and then of course we passed the tax law, yep. and that changed a few things with the Affordable Care Act. And you got the association. What does it mean with this associational health plan? What he signed last fall uh, was an order for uh, HHS to start looking into how they could relax some of the rules that small businesses have to deal with on health insurance and making association health plans more available, I guess, freely available to small business owners. Uh, This past Tuesday, uh, that law was issued. And so September 1st, we don't know exactly what the law says or how it's going to be implemented, but we know that it's going to be easier for small businesses to combine together for group health plan purposes. So not necessarily forming an association, um, but being able to combine together to purchase health insurance in a larger group market. All right. From your chair, what does that mean? Let's just take the small business. Just take the self-employed individual. We've yeah. got tons of people listening to the program. And let me say this. If you punch the button this morning and you listen to the program, thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. Just let us know if you've got a question. Send it to Shoemaker Financial at Shoemaker, Shoemaker, Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. We'll get your question on. And a lot of times, that's how a program is developed because you've asked the questions. But, Shannon, what what does that mean? When you say he's written this order, it's now coming into law, it's going to be effective by September. Reality is 
I'm a small business owner or I'm self-employed or whatever, what, what does that mean to me? Well, if you think about the, the amount of people that are self-employed, uh, real estate agents, uh, they, they mostly have their own business. They're a one-man show mm. or one-woman show. Um, they have to right now, if they want to have health insurance, they have to go get individual health plans in the individual market. Um, and if you look at any uh, county, any state across the country, individual health plans, there's not many available. In Shelby County, there's one plan available, Cigna. Uh, Cigna offers four different plan options, but there's just one carrier available. So today, that's not much of a choice if you are a small business owner or a one-man operation. Uh, what this law does is it would allow real estate agents to combine together for a group plan. And in the small group market, or even in the larger group market, the idea is we can get better rates if we combine together. So, now, let me make sure you... But would you still have to go to Cigna? Or do you get to go and go to a different carrier? Yeah, you'd get to go to different carriers. So you'd be able to form a group plan. And so you no longer are you an individual looking for health insurance. Now you are a group looking for insurance in the group market, which today is on much stronger footing than the individual market. All right, let's back it up because it's, it's important. And I know, Chris, you you deal with business owners and you're talking to people like that. Does that sound like something that would be to me introduce Chris Hebert? Chris Hebert, is all, you know, we talked about him during the, during the monologue, the reality. He's going to be talking to us later. But, Chris, when you talk to business owners, does that appeal to them, what he's talking about? Absolutely, especially with the changes that have occurred since the Affordable Care Act came out is just how do I get affordable health insurance? And this absolutely solves a problem that is going to – that has existed and is going to continue to exist until we figure it out. All right. I want to I want to make sure we understand it because there's got to be some positives. You're telling us that there's got to be some negatives. But if I am – go back to your example, real estate woman, and I've got – I want to go out and – when you say an association, do it doesn't mean that two people are you know getting a group, or do I have to have twenty, or is there a magic number, or or how do I find them? Do I just pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, you're you're in the same business I am. Let's form an association. Yeah. I mean, I'm being a little tongue in cheek here, but it, it <laughs> it's it, sort it, of the wild wild west. It, it, <laughs> we're just getting started it, in it this. Does, yeah. yeah. So the a part of this association order, um, it's not just for associations. So you do have certain associations that are out there, like your real estate association, uh, Mar. Uh, you've got different so associations that are out there. Um, so it does apply to them. So it's going to allow, uh, let's just take the Chamber of Commerce uh, as an example. So okay. chambers across this country. Um, if you are a member of the Chamber of Commerce, um, your business is a member of the Chamber. There can be a health plan now that the Chamber offers that the employees of your company can join. So that's one way that this law will, will enact and help small business owners. All right, let me make sure. I, so the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. would go out and find a health insurance plan, I, as a member of the Chamber of Commerce, could participate in that group health Correct. plan. Not individual, but group health plan. Correct. That's got to be a good deal. So that's one That's one aspect of the plan. The other aspect that, that was within this order is for small businesses to form together. So if I own a machine shop and I know a couple other uh, owners of machine shops, we want to combine together. I only have eight employees. Um, two others may have another 20 employees. We can form together to be a 30-employee group. Not the same ownership. We don't have common ownership within the businesses, but we are like businesses. Uh, we can combine for the purposes of health insurance. All right. Now, let's go back. Cigna, if I'm going to get individual coverage, Cigna, in, and I have just, just last Thursday, someone was asking me the question because they were extremely frustrated because they couldn't get a particular drug paid for. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, it, their frustration was... Almost, it was it was borderline between anger 
frustration. I mean, emotions were running rampant mm -hmm. because they had gone from a drug of seventy dollars, you know, a time to seven hundred. I mean, literally, I don't remember what it was. But yeah. the point was, they were frustrated. Cigna, the plan was not working. They are a small business. Mm -hmm. This is a family-owned small business. You're telling me they have coming in September. A whole different option. Yeah, they're going to have options in September. So we don't know exactly what those options will be. Um, it, it's exciting for somebody in my field because it gives us kind of a creative license to go out and combine people that we know uh, together for, for the purposes of group health insurance. Um, previous to this law, and we have to see how insurance carriers are going to are going to react to this as well. Uh, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, you have to have an employer-employee relationship today to get a health plan. So this would be going completely against that because I would be an employer of one company. Uh, we'd have another employer of another company, and we're all combining for the purposes of health insurance. So it's a different it's a different animal altogether, and we just don't know how the insurance carriers are going to react to that or what type of plans they'll make available. All right. You're talking about your creative yes. abilities and the thought process that you go through, and you've been in this business a long time. What should a small business owner do right now? Right prepare now. Prepare for this. Yeah, right now, you know, the thing is, is that there's not a lot that they can do right now. Uh, we're need, we need to see what the law is going to say exactly and how these insurance carriers. It's one thing for the law to be enacted. Uh, it's another for how the insurance carriers are going to react to that law. We've seen um, the individual health insurance, going back to that real quickly, uh, the Affordable Care Act came out. We had plenty of carriers in the market. Today we have one. Uh, so you never know how insurance carriers are going to react to the laws that are enacted. I think this is going to be a good thing. I think it's going to um, free up. One of the other things that this law does is it allows uh, insurance companies not to have to offer all of the essential benefits that the Affordable Care Act required. Uh, the thought there is that if we're not having to charge Jim Shoemaker for children's dental and vision on his health insurance plan, then we can make a more affordable health insurance plan out of that. Uh, so let's get rid of some of those regulations. Uh, the thought being we can have cheaper insurance that way. You know, you we always get a lot of calls when you're on the program, and the reality being is that you bring so much wisdom to it. And I guess the thought process is it is a uh, the Affordable Care Act had so many positive things, and yet, at the same time, so many negatives. And, and one of the negatives is that we've gone from competition in the marketplace to as you said, one, one carrier, carrier, and yeah. that's not competition. And I, think there, I think there were um, 65% or 70% of counties across the country have one carrier. Uh, in that county. And so when you're talking about that, that's, of course, and the other thing that has happened along the way is if you are an individual and you are needing insurance uh, today and you don't have insurance currently, you can't get it until the end of the year. And so that's another thing that the Affordable Care Act did is it set, set guidelines on when you could enroll and when you cannot enroll. All right. I know if you just tuned in, we're talking to Shannon Dyson and with Shoemaker Insurance Solutions. We're talking about the new associational health plans that President Sump signed into an executive order, putting it into effect. It'll be effective for small businesses, individuals that small that are self-employed. Uh, that's coming in September. Uh, if you want to know more about this, just give Shannon a call, 757-5757. It is a complicated thought process and yet at the same time it is something that every employer or self-employed individual i know it's something that, that we all deal with i mean face it you we all at this point uh have to decide how we're going to manage healthcare cost and not just cost but how do you manage what you're taking as far as 
And is it going to be a good drug plan? Is it going to, am I going to be able to go to the hospital that I want to go to? Those are all very tough questions. Shannon, one of the things that happened is they, uh, recently the lawsuit of 20 states uh, to, to kind of change the Affordable Care Act. I mean, there was 20 states, I think. Uh, filed, Tennessee is one of them, yeah. yeah. To prevent the insurance carriers from having pre-existing condition policies and rating up health conditions. Mm-hmm. So what is the basis, in your opinion, of this lawsuit? And uh, I guess, bottom line, what's the repercussions? It's complicated. There, there is um, This lawsuit came uh, as a result of the tax law passed earlier this year in January. Uh, as a part of the tax reform law, no longer can the government tax an individual for not having health insurance. And so the main sticking point for the uh, individual mandate of the Affordable Care Act was that everybody has to have health insurance. And if you do not have health insurance, you will be taxed. Taxed. And that was a key word. Tax, tax was the key word. It wasn't and, a penalty. Right. I mean, they may have called it a penalty, but it yep. became The Supreme Court basically made the decision and allowed the individual mandate to move forward because they said the United States has the authority to tax their residents or their citizens. Uh, So now the tax reform bill got rid of that tax beginning next year in 2019. Uh, What these states are now saying in the lawsuit they're bringing is saying, well, if there is no longer a tax that made it constitutional, then the individual mandate requiring people to have health insurance is also unconstitutional, and everything that goes along with that is unconstitutional. So uh, insurance companies not are having to uh, afford coverage to for preexisting conditions, uh, not being able to charge um, uh, sick people more than healthy people, uh, that should go away as well. And we should go back to a system where you're answering health questions to get health insurance, and health insurers should be able to decide who we want to cover and who we do not want to cover. Do you think that'll bring some some insurers back into the marketplace? I do. And it's a scary thing because there are a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are saying, well, the, the thing that I like most about the Affordable Care Act was that if I had a pre-existing condition, it didn't matter. Um, and that is a big deal. And how they are going to deal with that is unknown. And so that's a scary thought because the one of the great things about the Affordable Care Act was that if I worked for a company for 30 years or 20 years and I had health insurance, I did things the right way, and I was laid off for some reason, and I had a condition that was uninsurable, I'm pretty much out of luck when going into the individual market. The Affordable Care Act changed that. Now, we've seen prices skyrocket, no competition because of some of the law, some of the other laws that were enacted. Uh, but that's a scary proposition to get rid of pre-existing conditions and allow insurance carriers to kind of go back to where we were pre-Affordable Care Act. So what would you say then to the person, the average person listening right now? I mean, that's a, uh, you, you say that, and I would have a preconditioning that, that I would be, I would struggle. So getting coverage, yeah. if that went away and I was unemployed and had to go, and I know that's an issue for a lot of people. And Affordable Care Act, that was, the I thought, the best thing that the Affordable Care Act brought to the table. I also know, just from morbidity, you can't just do that without it being of enormous cost to the insurance carrier. Well, the worry is, uh, we've heard the the terminology back in a few years ago, the death spiral for the insurance carrier. The death spiral is basically all the healthy people leave, all the sick people stay because it's their only opportunity. And so the insurance claims go up, prices go up, and it kind of gets out of hand. And that's the fear. Um, If we change some of these laws, we have new insurance carriers coming into the market with new plans that are affordable but have different uh, specifications on them than than current plans do, that the healthy people will go leave to those plans and it will leave the Cygnus of the world that are in the marketplace here in Shelby County with a, a sick population of people under their plans. So then what happens? 
And that's the problem. And that's the problem. And today, today what is happening over the last couple of years is they're saying, okay, yes, we realize prices are skyrocketing. Um, but what we're going to do is, as the federal government, we're going to um, raise or increase the amount of tax subsidy that you're going to get. Uh, so we're, we're saying if you're under a certain income, instead of getting a $500 tax credit per month toward the cost of your insurance, now you're going to get $1,000 per month as a tax credit toward the cost of your insurance. So what does that do to our tax bill? Uh, so it's, there's a lot of things that, that this this type of executive order, there's, it's a huge ripple effect, and we won't know until we start seeing it in action as to what, what the outcome will be. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk with Chris Hebert and Shannon's going to stay with us because we're going to kind of get into... You know, you're buying in health insurance, and all of a sudden you see that premium go up. And so what do you do? Well, you do what everybody does. You say, I'll increase my deductible. And then all of a sudden you have a huge deductible, and then you have to go into the hospital, and your deductible is, say, $5,000 because it could have been that high, and you don't have $5,000 in your back pocket, and you end up being in debt or you've got a huge— and Chris is going to give us some ideas of how to— Keep that from happening. I mean, how to literally put together some thought process, some habits that you can say, hey, I'm going to work with staying financially focused. I'm not going to get into this financial disaster. I'm going to know how to set some good habits. And uh, you're going to, this great stuff, you're going to need to listen because we're going to grab a pen. You need to grab a pen. Write some of what Chris is going to share with us. Shannon's going to stay with us. We're going to find out how to put together a plan to have your hopes and dreams come true financially. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, as I was telling you before the break, the reality is we get all involved and we try our best to know what to do financially. And I mean, it doesn't take but one little hospital stay and you have got a disaster. Shannon, we, we've said that so many times. And Shannon Dyson is my guest. Chris Abair is coming in and he's also here with us. And we're going to talk about some of those things, the, kind of how to, have, how to succeed in accomplishing your financial dreams and goals. But the reality, Shannon... I mean, it happens, it hits you right in the face, and you didn't, you planned for it, you said you planned for it, but you thought that that never would happen to have that huge amount of a deductible that you just couldn't meet. Well, a lot of times, you're, what you're planning for, the, or when we're talking to someone, they're planning for my monthly expenses. And so, uh, what is in my monthly budget? And so, when health insurance costs keep going up, like you said a minute ago, the only way to get those down a lot of times is to raise deductibles. Uh, and you say, well, I'm healthy and I'll be fine. I'm going to raise the deductible. At least I'll be covered if something major happens. You know, I won't have hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills, but I can take a $6,000 deductible and be okay uh, because I haven't been in the hospital in 10 years. And then so you take that plan, which really you have to do, and you have a lower premium, and then something happens and you end up in the hospital and you have that $6,000 and now you owe that to the hospital. Man, that's a disaster. It is. So, disaster. I use the word simply because Chris Hebert is here, how to avoid 
Those uh, disasters, you know, if you're driving down the road, you got some things that, you know, they got guardrails. If you've ever been in the Smoky Mountains, you get this visual. My wife, my wife, when I'm driving in the Smoky Mountains, does not particularly care for me going around some of the curves a little too fast, a little too reckless, she says. She says, look, you don't need to touch the guardrails, but get away from them. Well, that's what Chris is going to share with us, because one of the biggest issues that people have, we get so busy doing the day-to-day. I mean, it is so difficult just to stay focused in our job and what we're doing in our family that finances have a tendency to kind of slide a little bit to the backside because he's saying, well, I'll get to that tomorrow. We procrastinate and it ends up that we find ourselves short when we should have been doing some things very specifically, as Shannon says, whether it's health insurance or whatever it is, how do we reach our financial dreams and goals? Chris Hebert, welcome to the program. And thanks for having me, Jim. You know, I love that you uh, you bring up guardrails because we talk about guardrails a lot uh, with clients uh, because guardrails is a great analogy to what we do when we're especially talking with business owners. Uh, is that it sets uh, it sets the protection features in place so that you don't swerve off the road and, and something happened. Now, my wife also knows that one of my biggest fears is driving over a bridge, and I couldn't imagine driving over a bridge if there were no guardrails, especially when the eighteen wheelers approaching. You know, <laughs> and it's a two lane road. I got it. It's so completely intimidating. So financial guardrails is meant to do the same thing: is just to simply put you in a position to to not uh, have financial disaster strike. Uh, these are habits that ultimately just lead you down a path that can lead you down a path to financial success. All right, we'll start with us because I think uh, we I want I want the people to hear what are these guardrails. Now, listen to me. If you're listening, you just tuned in. Shannon Dyson's been talking to us about health insurance. This is Chris Abear. We're going to we, you need to get a pen and a piece of paper and write some of these things. This is fundamental, but it is so important for all of us to do this. So, start with us. What is what would you say, Chris, as you talk with people, what would you tell them to do? You hit the nail on the head, Jim. You said that people are busy. And we are. And we negotiate with ourselves all the time that we'll get to it. Um, And when we do this, what happens uh, actually is you basically go through life making decisions as they come financially. Uh, As they say, they make decisions in a vacuum, Uh, not understanding the consequences of of these decisions. So the ripple effect, if you will. So the high deductible plan, what's the ripple effect of that decision? Well, you better have money set aside in in case something happens. Uh, So the biggest thing that we ask clients to do is to be a little bit vulnerable with us. You know, what are the things that motivate you financially? What are the things that ultimately concern you, keep you up at night? Uh, And as they paint that picture for us, it's our job to take inventory of those decisions they're making to see if those decisions align with where they want to go financially. So, so, all right, I get that. I totally understand what you're talking about. So if I've got my paper and I'm about to write something down, give me the first thing I need to do. Absolutely. So when, when we talk to our, uh, our clients, ultimately what we're going to do is we're going to take inventory of decisions we're making from a property and casualty standpoint, car insurance, homeowners insurance, uh, decisions they're making within their benefits and a benefit election. Uh, organization just really begins with, uh, you know, basically taking a financial x-ray uh, that would be all the things that they're doing with their money, you know, and that's that's inevitably what's going to take place in, our, in a lot of our first meetings is we collect these documents and, and take inventory of these decisions to see, are these things, again, are they adding up and are they leading us down the path of success as they as they've defined it for us. So so take an inventory. So can I put that in the thought process of getting organized? Because I think a lot of people are not organized. And so do you think that maybe is the when you say inventory, I can sense it when I talk about it. And inventory is a good way of looking at it. But but it's uh, it's really, you know, I mean, I'm I'm probably a little too organized. My wife would say that I'm probably too organized. I'm not sure that's 
correct? You know, can I say that? I don't think I hope you can. She, I hope she's going to call <laughs> I think you shouldn't. shouldn't. <laughs> but the reality is what you're saying, the inventory, Chris, is get organized. Get organized, get absolutely. Or, to go through the, all that stuff and put it all together. And, and that is, um, for some people, it happens naturally. And mm-hmm. for some, as you said, you kind of procrastinate. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. So you're saying don't procrastinate. Take the time. And and you, I liked what you said when you said that it's kind of a, a little bit of a vulnerable state because getting organized exposes yeah. some areas. Exactly. And, you know, funny thing, you, when you say get organized, what I find is a lot of people have a box at home or they have a drawer that they just shove <laughs> statements at. And they call that out. organized. Yeah. And, and they don't know what is what and they don't know if they should shred it. They should throw it away. I mean, so getting organized is really, again, just going back to what are we doing? And, and then is that are those things lining up with what we're, we want but to see happen? But you were very, very good at saying, and I think so many times, it's not just paper. It's not just what you have. It is understanding a person's vision for what they're trying to and their idea of financial success. I think help help us a little bit more with that because I think so many people that's probably getting organized, even though I think it's difficult, mm-hmm. is not as hard as really beginning to come up with that vision that they're trying to accomplish and that idea of financial success. I think that's the tough part. Yeah, I think in the back of their mind it, it takes a little bit to for to pull it out of them. Uh, but we all have things that motivate us that we're emotionally attached to. These may be things that we experienced as kids or things that we ex- uh, we see other people experiencing that, again, that motivate us to either save money uh, or to spend it. So when we talk about what financial success is, so tell me the things that ultimately motivate you to save it as opposed to spending it today and enjoying instant, uh, I guess, instant success or not instant success, but instant gratification, I should say. Uh, and then what are the things that concern you? And that, those are the things that maybe you've experienced uh, personally in your life where death has occurred or lawsuits or job loss or disability, so health concerns. These are things that keep us up at night. So what are those things? And then let's talk about what are you doing to, to then protect against that? You know, when you talk about this, and I, and I think it's so critical, and Shannon, you, you see a lot of people when they come in, and it, he mentions the shoebox, and you get that mentality. And I think shoebox is kind of a thought process because – I've seen the shoeboxes, Chris. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but people go, now we don't do the shoebox as much as we dump it into the computer. Yeah. Do you see that, Shannon, too? Yeah, well, we still get a lot of shoeboxes, <laughs> especially on the uh, the Medicare uh, side. Uh, that's a, another whole animal to talk about, but it's a confusing when people come in with shoeboxes full of uh, documents that they've received uh, in the mail. Uh, but yeah, you're right. So now instead of keeping those in a, in a uh, shoebox, we're just scanning those into our computer and sending them out. You know, the thought process, too, what, what I have a little bit of a fear, because we recently was doing this, and I'm, I'm going to make sure that everybody hears this, because recently I think it was uh, something I read that 44, 45% of the people in the United States, the Americans today, have only one to five, not more than five passwords for all of their computer doc- documents or stuff or whatever they're using. And it's normally only one digit off of of the original. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, um, fish, let's just use fish and say, okay, fish one is mine or fish two or, you know what I'm saying? A little elf or big elf. I mean, Are you saying that's a bad thing? I'm a, asking for a friend. I don't, I don't know because I would never do that. <laughs> but, nobody would do that. But the reality is that is a bad thing. Yeah. That is not healthy to do it. And, and that's, a, that's something that I think people forget. So whether it's the shoebox that you've dumped in, you know, everything, or you're dumping into the computer, 
take time to to get organized, but also get very critical about what you're doing and how you're doing it and be real. I, I liked what you said with the vision. I like what you said with the idea of financial success as you collect your documents, put all that together. When we come back, I want to find out what you mean when you talk about protecting yourself from being financially derailed, because when you talk about the guardrails again, and I like that analogy, how do you? What do you mean by financially derailed? And I think that's something that I've heard you talk about before, and heard you spend some time on. I want to find out more about that. You're listening, of course, to KWAM nine ninety and FM one hundred seven point nine, The Voice Talk Radio for Memphis and the Mid South. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Having become a victim of its own economic success during the war years, the population boom placed great strains on the city's infrastructure. Despite issuing nearly $15 million in new bonds for school buildings, hospitals, sewers, and transportation improvements, the city struggled to keep up with the progress other southern cities were making. Yet the area in which the city was most behind its peers was not in its infrastructure, but in its political system, dominated for many years by Boss Crump. The defeat of the Crump-backed U.S. Senate candidate John Mitchell in 1948 coupled with Crump's opposition to President Truman's civil rights program, signaled the coming end of the one-party system in Memphis and the growing strength and political involvement of African-American Memphians seeking to correct the racial inequality in the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I'm not sure exactly what caused you to punch the button and be a part of today's program, but we want to say thank you because it's important that you're a part and we're glad that you're here. And I'm hoping you have been listening and that you have got a pen and paper because Chris Hebert is going through and walking us, helping us understand some ideas behind guardrails is kind of the word we've picked up this morning, but thoughts about how do you manage yourself from a financial disaster, that that problem that you have, and all of a sudden it occurs. Shannon kind of set us up when he said, hey, you know, the person decides his health insurance is costing him so much. What do we do? We raise the deductible to that large amount, and then we forget that that's something we need to save for. Well, it's never going to happen to me. It's going to happen to the guy across the street. I'm not going to end up in the hospital. You do. You've got the huge medical deductible that you've got to pay, and uh, that's sometimes very difficult. People put it on a credit card. I've seen that. And all of a sudden, what you had for financial dreams and goals you've had a little fender bender and it's uh, not good and it's kind of created some issues and a lot of times it creates issues and it's hard to get back online well chris has given us some very specific thoughts and the first one he said was get organized take the time to get your financial house in order now guys they know that's tough I mean, you know, what happens to us men, we think, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm going to procrastinate. And I, yes, we do. And so we push that off to our wife. And, you know, she's busy. She's got all she can say. She's working. She's got kids. She's doing, And so it doesn't happen. So what Chris told us was take the time, spend the energy, 
uh, and build a habit, a habit that financially leads to financial success. Spend the time communicating with each other. Look at what your vision is, your ideal. Your What, what, what does it mean for you when we ter- use the term financial success? It means something different than I would think it would, that Chris or Shannon, you've got your own idea of what financial success is. Get all your documents. Get them all collected up. Put them in a shoebox if that's what you want to do. But get them organized so that everybody knows if something happens to you, somebody needs to know where to find all those documents and things that are going on. Make sure you just know where they are. If you're using your computer, we kind of laughed about it a little bit. <laughs> Think about how you're doing your your passwords. Share your passwords with somebody who needs to know, such as your spouse or your friend. Don't share them with the world, obviously. We know that. But make sure somebody knows because one of the most difficult things to do sometimes is to get into the person's password get into his computer when they passed away that is very difficult so make take the time don't don't take that lightly all right chris it's chris Bear. he is of course one of our financial planners at shoemaker financial the number two thing chris i set it up earlier it says protect yourself from being financially derailed now that is such an easy statement to make what does it mean to protect yourself well, in a perfect world, Jim, we would uh, we would simply set our sights on the things that uh, we want to accomplish financially, whether paying for college, retirement, all the things that we save money for. So we would just simply set aside money, save it, earmark it for those days. But we realize that the world just simply doesn't work that way. There will be things that will come up that will derail us uh, from these plans, whether that be death, disability, uh, again, uh, job loss. There are things that just simply uh, can, again, take us off track. And and that's why it's important that as we get organized, we, we really identify what are the risks that we are, we have um, to our plan. What, what, what are we exposed to happening uh, that would eventually take us off course? Uh, so, are you talking about when you say you know the things that might derail us? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what we're talking about with the, the home? And uh, I mean, uh, I know somebody that's got a uh, they got a particular issue where their uh, home had a uh, small fire. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, their insurance company is going to cover it, but they find out it didn't cover everything they thought. It ended up creating some issues, and and that's a problem. So you're talking about the insurance coverages that you have to have, and that's home and auto, Shannon, and that's the, an animal within itself. Yeah, deciding what coverages you need, deciding what deductibles uh, you are comfortable uh, accepting. Uh, that, that's why it's so great to work with people like Chris uh, from an insurance standpoint is that we can – show the pricing, the monthly pricing for what changing deductibles on your home and auto would look like. Uh, but if they're working with what with a financial advisor like Chris, they can say, okay, can are, are we prepared for that deductible? If something were to happen, um, are we setting aside enough money to be able to cover that deductible that we can save this money every month as long as we're ready for it if something happens? So what you're saying is from your chair in the office, you guys are helping people decide What's the deductible? How much they're going to pay? And this thing. And then what you said, Chris and his chair with with the client is helping them make sure that if the deductible is X, then he's helping that them they're make, preparing for it. That yeah. they know, hey, if something happens and I have I raise my deductible from five hundred to a thousand in order to save money every month or every year, um, they work with somebody like Chris. This is okay. Let's go ahead and get you prepared to meet that deductible. Should something happen, you actually have to come out of pocket and spend that money. That's a big deal because that, so so many times 
We think we have done that. And, it, you know, this is a fundamental, guys. We take it for granted that everybody gets it. But I know they don't because we do see those people that end up thinking, I thought about it and I didn't do it. Or, or you know, you end up, I know somebody that had a roof problem and they had to have their roof replaced. Well, the insurance company covered literally quite a bit of it. But in the reality, they found out that there was actually an extra $20,000 of stuff that had to be done that the insurance company didn't cover. And for this couple, that was, I mean, not now you're talking about with a roof off. <laughs> they, they dug in. It was like the typical, uh-oh, we didn't know this was a problem. The insurance company says that's not our problem. That's, a, that's an age problem. It's not a damage. And they had to repair it. And now they got a roof off. You see what I'm saying? So that could derail your financial future. That derailed the botch. Great point. Going back to getting organized. I mean, many times people make the decision about home home and auto insurance, and they just set it and forget it for years and years and years and never go back and review their policy, what their coverages are. Uh, and then in addition to that, they may have uh, have great savings habits. So they have cash in the bank and that, that can meet deductibles that potentially could, if we have uh, the ability to go to Shannon, save them money on their insurance. So there's ways that we can create opportunities for them. So when you're talking about this so that everybody understands, we said, first of all, get organized, you know, take an inventory, learn what your vision is, put it together, think about it, and then look at what you can do to protect yourself. Now, we just kind of happened into home and auto insurance, but you're talking about health insurance. That's what you talked about earlier, Shannon. Disability, life insurance, long-term care. That can be a huge problem, Chris, for people if they haven't thought about that. Yeah, not just for themselves, but potentially for their for their family. So if they have parents, aging parents that may create costs and, and derailers for the kids, who are now trying to care for the parents. So it's something to be taken in mind as you as you get older is, um, you know, who's going to take care of me and how am I going to pay for it? So long-term care is definitely a concern. And one of the things about health insurance that, that I mentioned, it's still a good strategy to, to raise your deductible to get lower premiums if you're prepared for it. There are a lot of health savings accounts out there uh, that you can put money back every month. And so if that happens and if you are healthy, it makes a lot of sense to raise your deductible and pay a lower premium as long as you're preparing for that deductible in the future. Explain that's health care. That's really important for people to understand. They need to be – some people just don't – I've found out. I thought everybody just knew that was available. They don't. Explain well, there's it. a such thing as being overinsured, overinsuring yourself. I mean, if you if you're a young, healthy person and you and you're spending a thousand dollars a month on on health insurance because you have this plan that you never use, you're overinsured. So why not raise your deductible? Have a health savings account uh, that you can put money into that is a tax deduction and lower your premium by half. If I don't if, have one, how do I get a health? If savings? you have a health savings account, you have to have a plan that's compatible with a health savings account. It but will if tell I don't you. Have a health southern account. How do I get one? You can go to a to your local bank that you bank with and open one up. There are online resources uh, that you can use HSA Bank. Uh, but typically, you're, the people that you're currently it's just a health it's just a checking account uh, with tax privileges. It's nothing special. No extra bells and whistles. It's just an account that you're putting money into for that deductible. For that deductible, it's correct. Discipline. It is. It's discipline, uh, and you can you can use it for uh, vision. You can use it for dental. You can use it for all sorts of things. Um, it's just knowing that it's available and being able to take advantage uh, of that. Well, when we come back, Chris, you've got a couple more that you want to get to, and I want to make sure we get those in because they're critical to helping a person reach their financial dreams and goals. If you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
I think one of the most important things that you just if you've been listening is understanding that reaching your financial dreams and goals does not just happen because we go to work. It does take some planning. It does take some thinking, and it takes some communication. If you happen to be married, it takes you know it takes some time to communicate with your spouse. Chris Abair has been trying to give us some ideas. His first thought process that he said for us to really take consider you know considered as one of the most important is getting organized. Take a take an inventory of where you stand, and that's critical. And then he talked about financial protection, whether it's health insurance, homeowners, life, disability, long term care, anything that you just need to have the proper amount of insurance to make sure that you've covered for that catastrophe, that part of the deductible that, you know, you're going to say, okay, I can meet the deductible. What happens after that if it's health insurance, car insurance, life insurance? If you're trying to reach financial dreams and goals for your family, you need to know how much life insurance you need, what kind of life insurance. All that's a part of the process to help you understand how to put the guardrails up and stay focused on what you're trying to reach. And this is so important. But, Chris, we have not covered everything. And there's a couple of thoughts here still kind of hanging out there that I know you want to share with us. So we're paying attention. Absolutely. So guardrail number three is is building savings habits um, to 15% of income. And in my experience, the biggest determinant or the greatest determinant uh, to someone's long-term financial success is their ability to save money. And, and the reason why we say that is we live in this world where we, we can get it now. And the, the, the thing we negotiate with ourselves is if we have money that's saved, we want to go to, on a beach vacation with the family, or we want to buy a car, we want to buy the, the latest technology came out. And that, that's what we're fighting with is there's always going to be products and services that are constantly coming out that will be pulling us in the direction to not save, but instead enjoy their money today. You know, you talk about that, Chris, and I have, in my experience, I have counseled many, many times people that have said, well, I expect us to, I mean, talking, this is the typical, I expect us to save money. And so he puts this huge budget in place. He shackles his spouse to that budget and he says, we will do it. And for about three, four, five, six months, it's a very disciplined, totalitarian, dictatorial type of situation. Now, you guys both got smiles, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden he comes driving home with a new truck. <laughs> or he bought a set of golf clubs or something. It, it was very effective for everybody in the household except for him. Now, that's that's the problem is that saving money is a discipline, Chris. You said that. And why? And you said it, we get into the product, the consumer goods. We just talked about it in the average person in the month of May spent $4,184. Why is that so difficult for someone to say, I've got to save money. I'm going to be disciplined to do it. Well, that's where we come in. A lot of cases is to help coach them to, to, to have that discipline, to hold them accountable. Uh, but so going back to the whole getting organized is, is to paint the picture of financial success. And if, if we spend all of our money today, it doesn't take a genius to know that at some point, uh, we're going to have problems. So going back to getting organized is we got to paint a picture that that motivates us to say we're saving this because we want to enjoy it in the future in retirement. We're saving this because we want to send our kid to college. We're saving this because of delayed gratification, maybe for a car in five years we want to pay cash for. So we've got to truly think about earmarking money and be motivated by it and emotionally motivated uh, to do that because otherwise we would want to enjoy it today. You know, I think that's critical because I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's the gratification either now or gratification later, and the discipline you, and you know, I think when I just dawned on me too, and and I hope you're listening to this because I think it's important that that I it just kind of hit me that I thought what you were saying, Chris, 
If I understand what my vision is for the future, if I understand what I'm trying to accomplish in the future, uh, which you've helped me understand, which you've helped me get into the, the weeds a little bit to create the vision, to create the process of what I'm thinking about doing, I'm a lot more willing to be disciplined to save the money to do what I've got to do, to buy the insurances or whatever I've got to do, if I understand what I'm trying to do. So many times we don't comprehend that. I agree. And, I, and I, unfortunately, it puts pressure on us as advisors and as uh, as us as we do planning, because then we don't focus on the rate of savings. We, we focus on the rate of return. So it puts pressure on us to do more and more, uh, take on more and more risks that may not be appropriate. Uh, one of the things that, that's helpful, Chris, is what you just said, focusing on uh, rate of savings and not rate of return. I think a lot of times we get caught up in, okay, I'm putting this money over here and what what's, what is the return rate I'm getting? But one of the things that I've heard you say is that your six, your financial success is more related to your rate of savings and not your rate of return. I think getting our minds around that is is very helpful. Well, that's a critical point. Last point is that debt. Debt hangs over our head, partner. So what's, what are you telling us to do? We can't talk about guardrails without talking about uh, managing debt and paying off debt. And that is, by all means, a behavior issue. Uh, so we help our clients understand the difference between good and bad debt. And uh, we can go into a, a whole show on what's good debt, what's bad debt. And I think some people have opinions about that. But more importantly, uh, when we talk about consumer debt, the credit card debt, uh, it's basically understanding that, that credit card debt happens because of bad habits. Uh, we're, we're spending money that doesn't exist today normally. Uh, so in order for us to solve that problem from a guardrail standpoint and just coaching them is to, to do what is most uh, rewarding in that situation, which is paying off the smallest uh, balances of credit cards first. So that, that, again, the reward is I have one less bill, right? And may, we may have not decreased the overall debt, but what we did is we decreased the number of accounts. So uh, we work and we talk about guardrails with uh, clients to help them minimize debt and create a plan that is rewarding for them. Let's summarize this, guys, with a few minutes that we have left. The bottom line is, Chris, you're saying, and I, and I want to start with this first thought. You said take the inventory, get organized. But I really have heard this, and I, I think it's probably what has made the biggest impact of what you said to me today, is know the vision, know know what you're trying to do. And I find that to be difficult for a lot of people. We get so busy, get so caught up in things that we just, it's just, it, I'm going to do it, but I just don't have the time. So I think that's critical. And I appreciate you covering that with us today. And thank you so much for making that a part of what we're trying to get across. Shannon, you've helped us understand that there's a lot going on with the Affordable Care Act. We're going to have some other options. I appreciate you giving us that and, uh, you know, for being a part of today's program. And again, it, guys, I just thank you so much for just information that I think everybody can, you know, appreciate and everybody can understand. And uh, I want to thank you for listening and just punching the button and saying, I want to tune in and speak. Spend some time with Jim Shoemaker and his guest today listening to Talk Money because it is always informational and I hope entertaining that you can say you enjoyed it. We thank you for being a part. Thank you guys for being a part with us today. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me again. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you. You're listening, of course, to KWAM 990 FM 107.9. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Chris Hebert are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.